Welcome to EO Audio, the weekly podcast brought to you by the East Oregonian. Today is Thursday, September 10th, 2015, and football season is back. First, Tim Trainer and Steve Hill talk about their picks in the Westgate Las Vegas NFL Super Challenge. I'll let them explain how that works. Then our sports crew breaks down this week in high school football on the Pigskin Pickers podcast. Uh, Tim Trainer here with Steve Hill. Uh, welcome to the first segment of the NFL part of our Pigskin podcast. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, Tim. All right. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, from an NFL background? What's, what, who's your team and kind of how did you get into the sport? Well, Tim, uh, being 52 years old, uh, coming up in, let's see, February of next year, uh, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, going to the old Met to see the Purple People leaders, Fran Tarkenton and crew. Uh, play on that frozen field in Bloomington where uh, dad would take me out with a college buddy of his and his son and uh, we'd tailgate and uh, go in there and watch the Vikes play and um, so I got the pro football bug pretty early in life starting probably around fifth grade and uh, been following the Vikings ever since Uh, lately since moving to Pendleton about 20 years ago uh, the NFL ticket has helped me out, but made a few trips up to Seattle and back to Minnesota for games. And you've, you've kind of become a Seattle fan a little bit, right? It's yeah, it's interesting. It, the Seattle Seahawks didn't really get me until Russell Wilson came in the mix. And yep. uh, to be candid with you, his scrambling style and relatively... Uh, Let's just call him shorter than some of the other quarterbacks. He did remind me a bit of Tark back in the day. Yeah. All right, so the, the peg for kind of our, our segment all year long is going to be the Westgate Las Vegas Super Contest. So tell, tell folks what that's about. Well, we're, we're taking the journey, Tim. Uh, you know, we hope all our listeners are either laughing at us or cheering for us or something. But uh, what we have to do each week is pick five games uh, with the spread, you know, the, the point spread being a factor, not just who wins and who loses, but the point spread has to go our way. And um, we're joining a list of, I believe, more than a 1,000 contestants uh, competing for, you know, a chance to, to cash, finishing, you know, near the top. You get a point for a correct pick, and if it's a push, it's a half a point. And then if you lose, you get nothing, and they just keep score on that basis, and whoever ends the season with the most points wins. And it's a regular season-only deal. Uh, We don't go into the playoffs. And it all starts this week. Man, week one, huh? So what's the the strategy? How are you going to win this thing? Well, uh, I, of course, am going to defer to you as well. (laughs) uh, My my take on it is... uh, and I want you to tell everybody kind of your background, too. You've got a great background with pro football but as a Bengals fan from Cincinnati. But the uh, early season strategy for me has always been to just pick uh, the team that I feel is the better team because uh, you know if the point spreads are tight like they tend to be at the beginning of the year, you don't see the wide swings like a team getting 14 points or yep. 12 points. Yep. Um, it seems like the, the odds makers are, are playing it a little close at the beginning, not knowing how good the teams are and so forth. There's an advantage to simply going with the better team. And, 
you know, over lunch we kind of went over our options, and I think we've we've made some good selections. We'll talk about it near the end, but the um, the spreads are tight, and the surprising thing about it is that four of our our five teams we went with are playing away. Well, now is a good time, I think, to remind our listeners that, that we're amateurs. We have no idea what we're talking about. You should not take our advice. Gambling is a bad hobby. Um, you should just watch the game for the fun of the games, right? Oh, yeah. Gambling is, what we are doing is totally legal, um, but sports gambling in Oregon is illegal, so you should not uh, do such things. Right, and and it's all about the fun, yeah. and all about you know seeing who gets to be right at the yeah. end of each uh, week's play. Yeah, all right. Well, so why don't you tell them a little bit about the Bengals and yeah, your history? Sure. I grew up in uh, Cincinnati uh, as a as a brutal brutal Bengals fan for a long time. That was the uh, just lost decade of fifteen straight losing seasons. Was my uh, childhood. Um, I was uh, I was around for the Super Bowl run, but was young, didn't really get to appreciate it. So after that, you know, during my heyday, during my uh, kind of high school, late middle school, like when you really get into your team, I, it was a brutal, brutal stretch. Uh, so I'm still a Bengals fan. I somehow got through it, and now we're kind of a mediocre team that uh, that has not quite got over the hump, which is its own new mix of frustration, uh, just being pretty good but just not good enough. So. And your folks were uh, regular season ticket holders, Yeah, they've, too. they've been huge fans for forever, so... I don't know. It's 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 not any better. I think it's not any better to be ten and six and just get embarrassed in the playoffs than it is to be three and thirteen and be embarrassed most every week. So I don't know. We we got we got some. We're both both from tortured franchises. But <laughs> exactly. Together, together we're gonna we're gonna turn this, that torture into into money into real yes, gambling winnings, which is a rough setup to our picks this week <laughs> yes. because we've got some tortured franchises that we're gonna be betting. Um, we're going to be back in a few teams here. Uh, we'll start with our first pick. It's going to be the Dolphins, three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Redskins. What what kind of, I don't know, put that on, on your list of, of things you'd be cons- considering? I just think, I think you got to take a hard look at the Dolphins all year. Yeah. Uh, you know, they picked up Sue, of course, yeah. but uh, they had a lot of pieces in place, in my judgment, last year, and the quarterback is promising. So yeah. I think... I think we're in good hands on that matchup. I think that, uh, you know, pick your description, dumpster fire, whatever you want. But I think the, you know, the Redskins uh, in this whole RG3 situation and the change in the, the coaching and so forth, yeah. it just doesn't bode well. Yeah, I think this is a bet against the Redskins as much as it is for the Dolphins. A team, it, we'll, have a, we'll have a quarterback change. Washington will, but man, to talk about just disarray in the front office and all that—that that can't, that—that's got to look bad on the field. Yeah, it's it's a mojo problem, and and we're we're looking at in terms of the points, uh, you know, the Redskins uh, plus three and a half. So I think that so we'll uh, give them a field field goal and hope uh, hope that they don't score a touchdown the whole game. You know that they just really are a team in disarray. Exactly. Yep. All right, well, we'll go back to our to our neighborhood, Seattle Seahawks. We're taking them, given four at St. Louis. After that rough, rough, brutal Super Bowl finish, do you think they'll have a hangover, or do you think they'll be out uh, ready to kick some tail? I hope they're ready to kick some tail. Uh, for those of you who take Sports Illustrated, there was a great piece in uh, not the current issue but the one before about how Russell Wilson took a lot of his teammates to Hawaii, and they just sort of – 
aired out the dirty laundry uh, all uh, sitting at a cliff uh, and then, uh, you know, had a much uh, friendlier uh, flight home after some beach pickup football. Uh, it seems like Russell Wilson, who, you know, some feel was favored by the coaches. Yeah. They wanted him to be the hero of the Super Bowl as opposed to Lynch. And uh, the article in SI sort of reveals that some players agreed with that and needed to air their thoughts about that. But it seems cleaned up. It seems like the team got closer going to Hawaii and that they realize that um, they're just really good. Yeah. And uh, even Jimmy Graham you know, made peace with the Seahawks, who was giving him a hard time yeah. on the defense. I forget right. who that was, yeah. but, uh, but they, Jimmy, they've made it? peace. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's a, I, I don't know. I think there's, there's a little bit of a, of, a, of a worry that that might be sort of a, a gosh, just a... a you know they were so close to the Super Bowl. No no team's ever come that close to winning the Super Bowl and lost it. That you just hope it's not this burden, you know. Yeah, but I think you gotta you gotta feel good about this matchup. Yeah, just early getting in that the season. Them. That's the, that's the key. That yeah, and they win. They Forget win by that. six, and they're good. Yep. All right, we're going to our next pick. Uh, I guess I'll take the lead on this. I'm t- I'm taking the Bengals, <laughs> three point favorites at Oakland. I uh, know it's tough. You probably should stay away from picking your own team, right? That's that's you just can't be unbiased. But I really like Cincinnati this week. Uh, Oakland, there's nothing really to like about. They've been in a rebuilding mode for for years and years, and I don't think they're any better. Uh, Cincinnati plays good in the start of the season. They have the last couple of years. They've gotten gotten some wins early, put put them ahead in the division race, and I think they they get a nice easy. Uh, West Coast kind of four o'clock, uh, one o'clock uh, start here in Pacific time. And they, they take it to the Raiders and, and win this game easy. I don't know. I like I like the I like the chances. I do too, and I and I think we really need to see your quarterback Dalton step up. Yeah. I mean, I think wouldn't you agree? This year is a very important year in his career. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think I, I've said this last year. He need just change his name to Andrew, Andrew <laughs> Dalton. Andy Dalton doesn't win anything, but Andrew Dalton, that's a tycoon name. That's a great name. I know, it is. Just become Andrew Dalton. Just yeah. put, it on, put it on the, you know, tell CBS, they put it up there, Andrew Dalton. Well, they got a lot of good pieces on the Bengals, yeah. and I just agree with you. That, they're a better uh, team. They're a better team. Yeah. And, you know, taking away, yeah. And that's the strategy. I mean, it's a fun place, uh, you know, to, to see all those Raiders fans all yeah. decked out sure. in their pirate gear. But I think... Uh, you know, the team isn't anything close to Cincy. Yep. All right. Well, why don't we go to our Sunday night game there. We're taking the Cowboys, given six and a half against the Giants. Yeah. Big AL, uh, uh, AFC East matchup to, uh, you know, two uh, longtime sort of rivals. Well, I got Jim, I got to tell you, full disclosure, this first uh, podcast uh, here, um, everybody's warned about, uh, you know, you and the Bengals and me and the Vikings, but you also need to know that I am no fan of the Dallas Cowboys. It goes back yep. to the Hail Mary pass at the old Met. I was there with one of the best Vikings teams of my childhood, you know, one win away from going to the Super Bowl, and that dang Hail Mary pass happened. So ever since then, Dallas has not been uh, – a friend of mine, but that said, we're, we're overcoming those biases to, to pick winners. Yeah, exactly, to we're trying to, and that's a that's a, uh, I feel like Sisyphus here pushing that aside yeah. to go with the Cowboys. <laughs> but I'll tell you this: um, the O line for Romo is there, 
and this is the one uh, team we're picking that's playing at home. And I just think uh, when you when you compare sort of the expectations heading into this season that the Cowboys fans have for their team, and you juxtapose that with with the Giants and and just all the problems they're having, uh, I think it's just it's it's the best bet I think of the five we've yeah. got. They've got a coach that they can't fire because he won some Super Bowls. He probably should be gone. Yeah. You know? yeah. All right. Well, we'll finish it up with the last game of the week, <laughs> Monday night, Vikings and Niners. Well, we're taking the Vikes, given two and a half. Shocker of wow. all shockers, I'm Whoa. taking my Vikes. But listen, uh, interesting if any of our listeners sort of track the early, you know, opening point spread. Uh, the Vikings started out as underdogs here, uh, you know, and they were getting three and a half, and then all of a sudden they're giving two and a half, and when we checked all the all the games, uh, that was the biggest swing in the spread, and I just think that uh, people were kind of seeing the light as uh, time passed here since the opening spread was set. I mean, we got Adrian Peterson coming back, yep. and say what you will about his off the field uh, behavior, uh, the guys. Phenomenal as and as a running a year, back. Year off. And he's you know, got a he's year gonna off. Be fresh. Going to be fresh. And Teddy Bridgewater uh, has continued to impress. Now, granted, he's young. Yeah. Uh, he can be inaccurate at times, but but he's doing well. He's got Mike Wallace to throw to, and this uh, amazing pickup the Vikings got Charles Johnson. I believe he was a practice squad receiver for the Browns. That's right. And uh, we pick him up, and uh, Norv Turner, our offensive coordinator, is calling him our best receiver. Wow. Okay, now that that was a comment made uh, before the Wallace pickup, but uh, I, I'm just excited about the fact that you know we've we've moved on from the Christian Ponder era, and now we've got a viable franchise, potentially franchise quarterback, with a great running back and some real weapons to throw to. And then the tight end, Kyle Rudolph, is finally healthy, and he made the Pro Bowl, and he's a big target in the red zone. Uh, Defensively, we've got some young linebackers and defensive backs who are really coming on strong, and that was the heavy focus uh, defensive backs of our draft. And uh, I'm just excited about it. But, you know, huge asterisks. Uh, that I'm going for the Vikes. But I think uh, if you keep listening to this podcast, there are going to be times when the Vikes aren't going to crack our top five because yep. I'm going to be too nervous about it. Yep, for sure. And this is sort of like <laughs> we're at the Niners, the same with the Redskins. That's a team in turmoil. They lost their coach. Their best defensive player has been released because of jail problems. That, that's that's a team that is lost. And you get them early here, you know, where maybe – down the road, they're two and five, two and six, and that's a seven-point game, eight-point game. You're getting three or four free points. Now, Tim, to echo your comment about how we are no experts, yeah, and hopefully the fun of this podcast is that our listeners are going to take this journey with us through a season of the Super Contest. How might a listener communicate with us? A little input that we might share yeah. in future podcasts. We've got a great email for you. Audio at eastoregonian.com. That's audio at eastoregonian.com. We'll get those emails, and if you guys have questions or uh, comments or want to call us names, uh, send it there. We'll, we'll, we're happy to, to 
to talk about it on the air. That'd be fun. Okay. Thanks, Tim. Go Vikes. Week one down. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Pigskin Pickers Podcast. I'm East Oregonian sports reporter Matt Entrup here with Sam Barbie from the Hermiston Herald hey. and Eric Singer from the East Oregonian. Yeah, how's it going? We're going to break down this week's high school matchups, uh, make our picks on all of those, and uh, let's go ahead and go right into it, starting with the Hermiston Bulldogs. Uh, Sam, you were at uh, last week's game against Hanford, and it didn't go so well. Why don't you run us through it real quick? Well, um... It it started really well for Hermiston, like like all their home games have in the past couple seasons. Um, scored on their second play, um, up seven to nothing, really quick, and then it was seven to six, and then next thing you knew it was fourteen to thirteen, and then next thing you knew Hanford had won forty one twenty. It was forty one thirteen for a, for a, quite a while there, and a late mm-hmm. Hermiston touchdown made it look better than it was. Um, it was a surprising result, at least from where I was standing. Um, well, I know all us pickers picked Hermiston to yeah. win that one. Yeah, it, it it wasn't it wasn't what anyone was expecting in the stadium. Um, but I, I think the Hanford team, though they were zero nine last year, I think they're better than that. Um, that that's a tough, tough, tough league they're in. Um, and and Hermiston doesn't get any breaks because now they get Kamiakin, who's in that same league. Um, they they won last year twenty eight twenty. It was Kamiakin's only loss of the season. During the regular season, um, you better believe that the Braves are going to want to avenge that. Um, they are, though, coming off a loss. Uh, they played uh, Washington Power Ferndale last mm-hmm. week, and Ferndale won 35-34. Uh, so, um, judging also by the fact that it's in Kamiakin, it's in Kennewick, I, I, I got to go with the Braves on this one, man. All right, yeah, uh, I'm seeing a lot of the same things you are in that matchup. That loss last week for Kamiakin was overtime. Uh, they went for two after scoring a touchdown. That ended up being the difference. Uh, they failed to get that conversion. Uh, yeah, the Braves are coming back very experienced. Uh, quarterback Zach Borish, I think I'm saying that one right. He's a junior. Uh, last week he rushed for 40 yards on 17 carries and passed for 179 yards, uh, 12 for 26. He did throw two interceptions, however. Um so, Kamaikin, definitely a run-heavy team. They, they had 394 total offensive yards with 215 of those coming on the ground on 34 carries. Uh, they had a junior, Jethro Quistad, great name, uh, led them with 15 rushes for 167 yards. And they got uh, a big outside receiver, Gavin Crow, had two catches for 62 yards. And then their slot guy, uh, Jason Averis, two catches for 45 yards. He actually caught the uh, the last conversion attempt, but was stopped short of the end zone. So uh, this is a team that's uh, senior heavy in a lot of the, the right positions and a lot of experience. And I see I see them pulling it out, beating Hermiston. Well, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I, I didn't do as much uh, research into Mike <laughs> as, as you all did. Uh, it's definitely my my inexperience to the area showing, but. Uh, I, I went out on a limb, and I'm stick with the, the Bulldogs this week. Ooh, going with the uh, upset I, pick. I, yeah, I, I think know, they, they, they got a they got a, a wake up call last week, uh, you know, at home, and 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough environment, I, I imagine, for them to go up there, but yeah. I, I think they're going to pull it out. Man, that's not All a right. terrible pick. I'm, I'm not. I'm not entirely shocked that you go with Hermiston. They, they, it's still. It's they. They didn't. They didn't play very well, but they're better than what they played. I'm. I'm convinced. So, you know, that's that's why you play the games, man. All right. Yeah, so, so it might be worth taking a drive up to Kennewick to check this one I, out. I think so. Um, and this might be the last game that's worth taking a drive to go see. Ouch. All right. Well, with that note, we're moving on to Pendleton hosting Ontario. Uh, this is a five A hosting a four A. And uh, this game has kind of given Pendleton trouble in recent years. Uh, last year they won 28-14. to 14. Um, uh, So they're hosting another 3.30 game in the afternoon. And Eric, you were at the, the game against Summit last week. Why don't you tell us how that looked? It's, yeah, the, the score wasn't, wasn't pretty at all to anybody seeing a 62-13 loss to Summit. But Summit was just... Clearly, 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 the better team. I mean, you know, but between their their uh, tight end defensive lineman that's you know committed to Oregon, who dominated Pendleton's offensive line at every you know, blown up the run game, and uh, and you know, their run the Arsenal running backs that Summit had just ran every which direction they could against mm-hmm. Pendleton's defense and outran them to the end zone as many times as they wanted to. I mean. It was they were too fast, too athletic, which is what what the coach Coach Davis said after the game. You know, they just an out athlete out Pendleton, uh, which <laughs> first time I'd ever heard that phrase. Before, but, uh, <laughs> that's a that's a that's a definitely a new word, but yeah. But uh, I mean, it I was fitting. It was you know, Summit was just just the, the better team, a bigger team, mm-hmm. and you know, it was tough tough go tough go around for Pendleton. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Ontario also coming off kind of a tough loss. They lost. 40 to seven to their Cross River rival Fruitland in their opener, and uh, kind of a, a similar story to Pendleton in that uh, the game kind of got out of hand. They were down 40 to nothing before they scored, and their coach Eric Johnson after the game a quote in the Argus Observer was something like, "This really takes the wind out of your sails. Our group has to come back and learn from that." So both teams coming off tough losses that uh, they thought they were going to be more competitive in. And uh, Ontario in, in their game uh, looks like they're sticking with some quick, quick passes. Uh, they they seem to have some success on wide receiver screens, and uh, the quarterback running some option type plays. He's definitely a quick guy that'll get outside the pocket and scramble if Pendleton doesn't keep contain on him. Uh, it was a 7-0 game at halftime, though. So Ontario definitely a team that can line up and. Uh, Let's see, they finished Fruitland. They gave up 237 yards to Fruitland's quarterback, Garrett Tipton, by the time it was all said and done. I'm sorry, running back, Garrett Tipton, by the time it was all said and done. What do you what do you see in, uh, out uh, of Ontario? Um, I know you're looking at, at that team, too. Yeah, on, Ontario, you know, as you mentioned with the, their offense, it's different offense than what Pendleton fans saw last year. You know, they were... More pro style last year with the fullback and running back and the I formation, couple receivers spot out. But uh, they're, they're more spread this year. A lot of quarterback options, a lot of, a lot of quick passes. Um, it's it's going to be another tough go around for for Pendleton. I mean, their defense struggled last week with tackling, uh, with you know, reading these quick plays, which you know Summit ran. So uh, you know, they'll definitely have to make some adjustments, uh, adjustments against Ontario. Um, but. I'm, I'm going to pick a, pick Pendleton this week to, to get their uh, first one of the season. Okay. Uh, Sam, what have you 
What do you think on this one? I'm just looking at Ontario's roster. They got some big boys. They got a 6'6", 320-pound yeah. offensive lineman. They got a 6'2", 295-pound offensive lineman. They have a 6'1", 245-pound running back. Yeah, and those guys will get out in space and run and, and set up some of those screens that we were talking about. Um, I'm still going to go with Hamilton, just by the size. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Bigger school. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, Ontario's definitely going to match up with Pendleton better than Pendleton matched up with Summit. Sure. But I do expect Pendleton to, you know, kind of take this one as a, a pride thing. And mm-hmm. uh, really, if they're going to make anything out of this season, I think they need to get a win this week. So I'm going to go with the Bucks. Yeah, Coach, Coach Davis will have them, have them straightened out after last week. He wasn't happy with the way it turned out. But, you know, after, after a week of practice, they'll get it going, I believe. All right. All right, so what's next on our list there, Eric? We have Arlington Condon at Monument Dayville. All right, so Arlington Condon making their debut as a co-op. Uh, this was a game last year that, that Monument Dayville beat Arlington in 26-20, to and uh, Monument is coming off a 42-6 win over Alcia at the Dufer Classic last week. Um, you know, not a lot of things that you can take away on, on this Arlington Condon team right now. But uh, both teams were very similar last year, bring back very similar uh, rosters in regards to experience. Um, so it looks like a toss-up. I'm, I'm going with the home team in this one. I'm going Monument Dayville. Yeah, I mean, Arlington, obviously, they've, they've struggled the last few years. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if the impact that the, they, they might get from, from some of the players that come in from uh, Condon, how that will affect the team. But uh, – I, I like the home team in this one too. I'm taking Monument Dayville. All right. We don't know anything. Unanimous. We don't. We don't know anything about Arlington. We have to go with Monument. I think. All right. I think next on our list, we've got Weston is, McEwen at Embler. All right. Well, Weston McEwen obviously coming off a heartbreaker in their opener under TJ Bailey had a go-ahead field goal blocked at the last minute. Uh, that just ended up being the difference in the 34-32 game. And they come in this week against an Embler team that, despite getting trounced by Hepner, uh, 42-8, to I believe, is a very dangerous squad, according to uh, Weston McEwen coach T.J. Bailey. Um, they run a lot of quarterback option, spread veer type of stuff, and it's not something that Weston McEwen saw at all out of Grant Union last week. So that's the main concern Bailey has this week. Embler quarterback Brandon McElvray, He's a, he's a deceptive guy. He's not really a threat to pass, only three for six for 40 yards last week. But he uh, also added 11 carries for 65 yards and handed off to Calvin Martin 13 times for 74 yards, and Tyler Tandy got 19 rushes for 62 yards. So definitely like a main three-headed attack coming out of Embler um, for them. Weston McEwen pulled off a 70-yard TD run on their first play from scrimmage last week. So a good start for them. And uh, we don't have final stats on that game. Still waiting on Bailey to to give me a call back on that. But uh, a good showing for them against Grant Union, all things considered. Uh, This is on the road for the Tiger Scots, but I am going to go ahead and pick Weston McEwen in this one. I think that uh, it'll be another close game, which... Bailey says he kind of expects the, the first few weeks to stay close, but uh, I think Weston McEwen will get, get their first win this week. I'm going to go with uh, Weston McEwen as well. I mean, last week was was kind of a different 
experience for the team, you know, with only being under the coach and having, or for a short time and having the the thought of, you know, having another coach mm-hmm. when that situation was getting finalized. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of circumstances surrounding that last week that kind of weren't in the Tiger Scott's favor, favor. Uh, but I, th- I think uh, they, they played played pretty well, all things considered, like you said, and uh, I want to take them this week. It's a sweep. Familiarity, familiarity under a coach, like Eric was saying, is key, and, and knowing what the expectations are, and knowing what you know what, what your role is under the new coach, and, and learning the new offense and all the new terminology and everything. You know, to to that they lost at the you know at the buzzer essentially, considering all the upheaval that programs had lately. I think you could almost chalk that up as a win. Um, okay. I, think, I think Weston gets their first actual win this week. All right. So uh, move to two and two on the moral win scale, one and one on the record. Next up is Crook County at Mac High. Crook County at Mac High. Uh, this game last week, Mac High went down big to a Washington two B school, Waitsburg Prescott, uh, or just they're just going by Waitsburg this year, but they're, they're still pulling Prescott players actually. Crook County won 16-14 over Sweet Home. Um, not a whole lot to be found on that game other than Sweet Home's Brandon Kennan rushed for 186 yards. But uh, the, both those teams were pretty good last year with 7-3 and three records. Uh, that game was another close one last year, so looking like they're both going to be pretty good again this year. Uh, so Mackay's going to have their hands full with a, a Crook County team that will probably – Come in and uh, and win by a couple touchdowns. I would expect. I'm, I'm gonna take Crook County as well. Yeah. Cowboys. Sam. We'll we'll, we'll, go, we'll go Crook County on this one. All right, ever insightful. <laughs> <laughs> Crook County all around. Uh, tough start for Mac High. Yeah. Moving on to uh, Union at Riverside. This is another game that. It's not pretty for a local last week as far as Riverside went, uh, opening with a big loss to Irrigan in which they really couldn't do anything until Irrigan uh, put in the subs, and even then they weren't able to do much. Union coming off of a sloppy slugfest against Umatilla, so you know, what do you really take out of that one? I mean, it's so muddy out there, and neither team's able to run their, their, their what they planned on. Uh, Eric, you got to talk to to Umatilla's coach a little bit afterwards. I mean, was he putting much stock in that outcome? He, he it was it was kind of odd because he he didn't really want to blame anything on the weather. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I I asked him how how the weather and the conditions affected the team, but he said that he's like our our team's prepared for anything, so it didn't really affect us, which was kind of odd to hear a coach say. You know, because mm-hmm. usually that's in situations like that, that's the first thing that a coach will go, uh, mm-hmm. point to as a you know reason for whatever the outcome was, uh, but. You know, he, he's obviously he's pretty happy that the mm-hmm. team was, you know, get, gets the win for the first time in over a year. So, uh, uh, you know, but yeah, yeah, okay. Well, so hard to take much from that one. I, th- I think Union's a quality team, though. Uh, we we all expected Umatilla to be better this year, so not really surprising that they won. Even though I think uh, two of us are, yeah, Eric and I might have gotten you that one wrong. We went, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. Sam Sam got the Vikings on that one. Yep. Um, Riverside didn't really show much against 
a team that year again is supposed to be pretty good this year, at least in our opinion. Uh, but I think I think I've got to go with Union in this one. Uh, I just didn't see enough out of Riverside to, to make them a pick at this point. Yeah, it's the same for me. I mean, Riverside, you know, the coaches coach thinks that his, his team's going to be better this year, but you know, week one I didn't just didn't show enough for me to, to pick pick for them this week. So I'm going to go Union. Let's see what Riverside can do in some dry grass. Okay. Yeah, they're usually a pretty athletic team, and, and mud is, is usually a pretty good recipe to keep athleticism at bay. So let's see what Union can do when they're not swimming. <laughs> so you're going Riverside? No, no, I'm going Union. Oh, I'm going Union. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Tried to get you on that. No, nope, um, Okay. Do so next up, we got another team that was wallowing around in the mud over on the other side of the mountain last week, Stanfield, going up against Enterprise. Right? Irrigan at Enterprise. Irrigan at Enterprise. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Irrigan, we were just talking about them. Very, very impressive in their opening uh, game. Freddie Vera had 128 yards on seven carries and a touchdown and an 82-yard punt return touchdown in the first half. Uh, the starters didn't play offense after halftime, and quarterback Nate Burley was 7-for-8 passing with a touchdown and no interceptions. Um I think everything we expected to see out of Oregon in the opener, and I think they're they're every bit as good as we thought they're going to be. I expect them to go in Enterprise, and um, you know, kind of run at will on a team that gave up 195 yards to to Tyler Monkus, uh, Stanfield's Tyler Monkus last week. So I'm I'm going to make Oregon my pick in this one. Yeah, I mean, Enterprise lost 42 nothing last week mm-hmm. to to Stanfield, and Oregon yeah, showed showed what. You know, they, they showed all their weapons in the first half, and they showed what they're capable of. So I'm going to pick Irrigan in this week. This will be played on the turf at Kennison Field in yeah, Hermiston. Very important to note that. Um, so you've got to go with the speed. you got to go with, with the speed of Freddie Vera on the turf. you got to go with Irrigan. All right. Everyone picking Irrigan to move to 2-0. and Now we've got Hepner playing at Grant Union in uh, the home opener for, uh, for these Grant Union team that uh, got a got an emotional win in their season opener. Now they're going to come back open at home. Surely going to be a huge crowd out at this one to uh, see them take on the Mustangs, which were uh, very impressive in their season opening win. Uh, just looking at a couple of matchups in this one, Caden Clark, Hepner quarterback, he went 7 for 12 last week with two touchdowns, added a rushing touchdown. Uh, the, the Mustangs were very balanced, passing for 146 yards and rushing for, I think, 147. So uh, this is a team that you're not going to be able to kind of stack the box against this year. And it uh, looks like they're, they're already kind of clicking and, and hitting on all their cylinders, which uh, I think I think is going to push the, the favor in Hepner. I, I'm going to pick Hepner to win this. Yeah, Hepner's, they, they proved they're going to be good once again this year. And, and their opponent, Grant Union, squeaked out a win at Weston McEwen. Um, yeah, Hefner's a better team than Weston McEwen, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Hefner. The roll. <laughs> I'm. Uh, uh, you almost you almost have me to play devil's advocate to go with Grant Union, but I think I, I I don't I don't think I can I don't think the momentum of a big road win in Week One can over overcome playing Hefner because Hefner's it's Hefner. I mean, mm-hmm. Whatever whatever you say about Hefner is probably true. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, the one thing that the Grant Union is going to try to do in this one is they've got uh, Wade Reamers at quarterback running a spread option no huddle this season. So 
that'll probably be the big key. How mm -hmm. does how does Hefner's defense react mm -hmm. to that no huddle? So uh, I think they handle it well. And moving right along, Pilot Rock is going to open the season hosting Umatilla. This is a game that the Rockets won 32 to 26 at Umatilla last season. Imagine there's going to be some payback on the line right here. That game, I was at that game. Um, Umatilla had a, had it won, um, but they couldn't stop couldn't stop uh, injury replacement freshman Riley Langford and uh, big big tight end Willingham. They, they Umatilla just kept getting the top popped off, mm -hmm. and and they didn't have any answer. Um, considering you know, the the big win over Union to start the season for Umatilla, you get the first win out of the way. Um, I like what they're doing. Um, I, I I haven't seen a whole lot of them, um, mm -hmm. and and we we didn't have stats after the the, the Union game due to uh, torrential downpours. However, uh, I still like Umatilla. Um, I like what they have doing there. I like I like what 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 Mike Mosier was saying, the head coach. I like I like I like where that program is right now, and I like mm -hmm. them to go to and now. Yeah, that's that's a solid pick, uh, Pilot Rock. This year they do bring back uh, some key players, and it's going to be Gunnar McCall at quarterback and not Riley Langford. So we'll see if that makes a difference. Um, but one thing that they have done this year, according to the coaches, they're really paired back the playbook. They're focusing on running just their base sets and their base plays and doing them very well and not worrying about adding in a bunch of uh, different options. So, uh, you know, they've got a lot of team speed, and if they can – get a few plays down, they can really do some damage. Um, but opening the season against a team that's already coming off a win and, and had a game under their belts, I got to think that puts them at a disadvantage. Yeah. And, and I think you, Matilla, is going to get their payback this year. Yeah, just just like you said, had this game been the season opener for both teams, I probably probably would have leaned towards Pilot Rock. But you, Matilla, picking up their first win, you know, after going winless last year, the the team's got the momentum on their side now, and then you know, Pilot Rock opening the season, it it's got them at the at the disadvantage. So I'm gonna roll with Humatilla this week. All right, well we got Stanfield heading up to Tri Cities Prep. Uh, this is a game that uh, Stanfield lost 41 to 12 last year, but with the caveat that Tyler Monkus was. Uh, playing quarterback, obviously not his uh, natural position and not a position he'll be playing this year with Dylan Grogan coming off a, a solid start against Enterprise last week. Uh, Stanfield kind of had to change up their game plan against Enterprise due to the muddy fields. They kind of put the game on their O-line shoulders and just ran behind the big boys for as much as they could get. I don't imagine that'll be the case uh, this week. So kind of hard to to say what we're going to see out of the Tigers, but I think it's going to be good. What do you think, Sam? Tri-Cities Prep also, um, their, their their team was anchored by their big, it was like 6'4", 230-pound quarterback, uh, Dane Peterson. He's gone. Um, they got more of a uh, you know, more averagely sized quarterback now, um, mm -hmm. so they're not going to – they ran a lot of quarterback power, um, a lot of rollouts, you know, to, to utilize the big arm and – just the overall size of, of Peterson. Um, they're, they obviously they can't do that this year. Mm -hmm. um, and Stanford coming off, you know, shutout, shutout to shutout, and, and you know they're they're hard to get in football. So mm -hmm. um, I like I like where Stanford is too. Um, I like them going up to Tri Cities Prep and, and and getting a win over those.
versus Jaguars. Yeah, and Tri Cities really didn't get its offense figured out last week in a twenty to seven loss mm-hmm. at Soap Lake. So I'm also going to go with the Tigers to pick up their second win and probably going to roll roll on a big one there. I'll make it three and I'll pick Stanfield as well. Mm-hmm. All right, and I think our last last game of the week is a rivalry one A game. This is a an old league rivalry that uh, has been split up, but Echo at Ione. Um, Echo coming off a 58-14 win over South Wasco, their home, first home win in two years, so they're riding high. Ione lost 50-26 to against Triad and Dufer, but uh, coming away from that one with plenty of positives, according to Coach Stan Wiper. Uh, their, their foreign exchange student scored actually their first touchdown of the year Look in his that. very first football game, like, ever. Cool. So, That's that a, a cool, cool story? story. And uh, so that it... We'll see if they can keep it going. Um, this one's usually a, a pretty competitive game. and Throw the records out the windows. Throw the records out the windows. <laughs> All that good rivalry stuff. I, I mean, they seem to match up pretty evenly on paper as far as who their athletes mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Um, I own Jason Juarez had a, had a good start last week in his first game as a, a senior. So uh, looks like they're off to a good start. And uh, I... You know, maybe toss the coin on this one. Oh, you guys seeing anything different? No, I'm just gonna go with that guy just cause. Just cause. It's, it's, it's like the same same team on paper when you look mm-hmm. at it. I mean, yeah. it's it's about as even as you can get here. And I mean, this is honestly it's got to be a coin flip. So mm-hmm. for Pick me, I think I think I'm gonna roll with Iowa. Yeah, I mean, I'd say if there's a one A football game you're gonna go to this week, this would, I'd make this one the one. Uh, I'm envisioning lots of points on the board and, you know, this one coming down to the fourth quarter. But I'm, I'm going to go with the home team in Ione to, mm. to get this one. Mm. <laughs> well, there you have it. There, those, are the, those are the high school games this week. We've made our picks. We'll see what, how, we, how we handled it, how we came out next week. Until then, signing off. Today's show is produced by Daniel Wattenberger, music by Drew Langton. To visit us online, go to eastoregonian.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner.